The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood at ANS. I'm going to give you a little information on ANS. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist brings you the show every Sunday morning at 9.30. We are located at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey. We're the largest subspecialized neurosurgery group in the state. And what that means is subspecialized is you can actually come to see us at the center. And we have doctors um, that specialize in all different types of neurosurgery. And just because we're neurosurgeons, again, don't be afraid of the surgery. Surgery usually is the last option in most cases. Uh, we do a, f a full, thorough look at everyone, and we do refer you to the specialist um, on our center to uh, take care of you. Again, we're at 310 uh, Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey. Our number is 973-285-7800. Our newest office is located in Somerset County in Bedminster. And our website is www.ansdocs.com. And again, don't let insurance um, dictate where you go. We do see all patients. We have insurance consultants um, on board waiting to work with everyone. Okay, today's topic is a very interesting one to me. It's on nutrition and healthy living and basically living a, a good life. Um, my guest today is Marissa Sweeney, and she's from the Be Well Wellness Center in Morristown. I'll give you that address here. It's uh, 7 Washington Street, Suite 3 in Marstown. Again, I give you the numbers up front. Um, to reach Marissa after the show, it's 973-975-0280. Good morning, Marissa. Hi, good morning. Thanks for coming on board. Thank you for having me. Good. I just wanted to start and give everyone a little bit of an idea of who you are. Sure. Um, a little bit about your center because um, nutrition is so important to people. So... Um, I'll give the mic over to you and just let everyone know who you are and what, what you do at your center. Okay. Uh, well, I am a registered dietitian, and I provide outpatient nutrition counseling uh, to really anybody that finds me through their insurance company's website um, or some people just see our window right on the street, anybody that might be looking to make any sort of healthier lifestyle change for whatever reason that may be. Um, and I also own Be Well, which is a wellness center in Morristown, and that's really a coming together of a lot of health and wellness professionals, including myself, so I do nutrition counseling there. I also have a doctor of psychology, so she does psychological counseling there. We have a woman who's a physical therapist as well as a massage therapist. She's certified in both. Uh, we just took on a women's health nurse practitioner, and we have a full yoga studio there. So it's really, with wellness being so multifaceted, it's really having everything under, under one roof so we can provide all these services. Okay, so it is truly a wellness center. Right, okay, exactly. That's great. That is the new, that is the new thing now, and uh, even at the um, 
Atlantic Neurosurgical, we believe in that a lot and getting the person mm -hmm. healthy even before surgery and after surgery. So that's great that you're so uh, local to us for our patients and for all the listeners. Mm -hmm. Let's start out by explaining a little bit. Um, you said a registered dietitian. I have a medical background, but um, people hear about nutritionists, registered dietitian. Ex before we get into the topic, what is the difference? Mm -hmm. They do sound like they would be one and the same. And I think a lot of people or most people don't know what the difference is between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist. A registered dietitian, such as myself, I use myself as an example, I went to a four-year accredited school. I majored in uh, nutrition and food science from Montclair State University. And then from there, there's a required postgraduate 1,200-hour full school year from September to July uh, internship that you have to do, which is almost like a residency for doctors. You spend not a lot of time in the classroom. It's a lot of time. A lot of times you spend it off-site in, in hospitals, nursing homes, rehabilitation centers, outpatient clinics, anywhere that a dietitian might work to be able to gain the experience. Then that allows you to sit for the state exam to become registered. Um, a nutritionist, on the other hand, can really be anybody. There is no licensure in the state of New Jersey. So um, anybody can call themselves a nutrition professional without any sort of certification whatsoever. So that's why there's kind of a separation in the name. A registered dietitian is somebody that has earned that name through the school, sitting for the state exam. They're registered with the state. A nutritionist can really just kind of be anybody. Okay. Um, that explains it to me, too. So uh, registered dietitian, you're getting that medical background uh, with this. So you have that exactly. more intense um, um, help with that. Okay, what is the best way, I guess getting into the topic to start it, what is the best way when people want to lose weight? Mm -hmm. um, and as I know it's a broad topic. We've spoke about this on the show uh, quite often. But eating healthy is a way to lose weight. But how I want to, I guess, pose the question, what's the best way to lose weight and mm -hmm. sustain that weight loss? I think it's about having a balance. Um, I think that's the most important thing. And, and I do believe everybody's an individual. So when people usually come into my office, it's not like I have a diet in the drawer sitting there waiting for them when they come in. It's very, it's a one-on-one. -on -one. We do a lot of meal planning together. I usually, when people come in, I usually sit them down. I'll tell them that I'll ask them a whole bunch of nosy questions as then I'll have them take me through a typical day. And then we usually meal plan from there. I think likes and dislikes have to be taken in consideration what people's personal goals are, if they have underlying ailments like diabetes, or heart disease or what have you, those are all things that have to be taken in consideration. But I think balance is a big thing. And one thing that I've noticed with most of the people that do come in is, for example, somebody will have a really small breakfast, or this is typical, not everybody, but somebody will have a really small breakfast and then lunch is a little bit bigger and then dinner is usually, is usually much bigger. So the chances of people kind of playing catch up because they're not getting the best breakfast ever throughout the day is something that happens even when people aren't even really conscious of it. So... What usually happens, I notice in most of my counseling sessions, regardless of what people's goals are and the underlying ailments and, and what have you, is I find moving some of what they usually eat, you know, the snacks after work, the desserts after dinner, the bigger dinner, which is usually the, the biggest meal of the day, up towards more of the beginning of the day. So there is that balance. So your body's not playing catch up over the course of the day. I also think there has to be a positive relationship that people have with food, which I think nowadays nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but most people really don't have. A lot of people feel guilty about the things that they eat. Um, and for somebody, let's say like a woman that's about 30 years old that comes into my office that says, oh, well, if I just stopped eating this and stopped eating that, I would lose so much weight. I will always say, well, you know, you're going to be living another 60 years. Are you really going to stop eating pasta completely and or rice ever again for the rest of your life? So it's about portioning balance and making it realistic for the individual. 
Okay. Well, something you said that kind of uh, tipped off on me is is when you eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably one of the most that's guilty of this. When you said small breakfast, the bigger lunch, bigger dinner. Um, explain to me and the listeners, is it true that you should have your biggest meal in the morning? I know mm-hmm. for me at night, if I get home at 7, 8 o'clock, and I know a lot of people do that, they have these huge meals. And just knowing, like I said, I do follow nutrition and health that your body can't digest all that appropriately and, and it starts storing it or whatever. So explain to our listeners, how, what's the best way to eat? And if, mm-hmm. if just, I guess I'm trying to say, use us as an example. We're sitting in front of you now in your office and um, we're asking you that question. What's the mm-hmm. best way for us to eat? I really think it's about having your breakfast, lunch, and dinner be approximately about the same size, as in the, the, the quantity of food that you have. And then I usually have people try to get three snacks over the course of the day as well. So it'll be breakfast, uh, breakfast snack, lunch snack, dinner, and then usually some sort of snack that doesn't go too late into the night. And this is where you're going to get that balance from as well. And it's more of a sustained energy throughout the day rather than like even if we were to make breakfast the biggest meal of the day, which would be, you know, all things considered, that would be better than having dinner be your biggest meal. But now you can have a spike in your insulin in the early parts of the day in which it can then have a reciprocating effect in which it goes too low. And now you're kind of playing a game in which you're trying to get that back up, even if it's something that people aren't conscious of. And usually they aren't. But this could be an effect that happens. So by having a modest breakfast, lunch, and dinner that are approximately the same with snacks in between, it also kind of mimics the six meals a day thing that I think a lot of people have heard is the healthiest way to go. And it is good because with that, you usually stay within about three to four hours that you never really go without eating. So your metabolism remains high. It does give you that sustained energy throughout the day. So it's really about balance across the board rather than one particular meal being bigger than another. Okay. So it is easier. I've tried that five, six meals a day, and I actually noticed that I do lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel much better. It's just I can't keep doing it. It's so difficult, especially for me. I'm on the road a lot. I'm running around. Um, I'm bad. I eat, you know, I'll eat I eat very, very healthy, but I'll eat in the morning, and then I might miss my lunch, and I'll grab a little quick snack that's supposedly healthy, but then I'm hungry. So yeah. I did notice eating those meals, five, six meals a day, which you would think would make you heavy, um, do help you lose weight. And, and why is that? Is it the insulin? Is it the maintaining that high metabolism? And if you do this, and I see a lot, a lot even my wife, who I'm sure is listening right now, she'll do that. She'll skip meals, although she has no problem with her weight. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy either. Right. Correct? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what it is. It keeps your metabolism up. It does balance out your insulin levels, which do play a big role in hunger. And um, it is an adjustment for people because I, I would say the average person is not eating breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. Um, that's not always so typical. So there is always an adjustment period. So when I get people to try to adopt a pattern like this, I usually tell them, let yourself be cranky for a few days and then you'll be fine. It does require a bit of pre-planning. And I have a whole huge snack list that I usually give people because a very common question that I get is, what are some healthy snacks? Um, because snacks get a bad rep. They can either work against you, but they absolutely can. They, they can work for you as well. 
Um, so, and I usually tell people there's a rule of five with the healthy snacks, as in have maybe two in your car or find five that you really like. So have two in your car, maybe have one in your bag, have one in your desk, have one where you know that you're going to be over the course of the day. Because if you really leave healthy options to what the world provides us, there's really not too many. And especially if you have a job where you're on the go or if you're in your car, for example, it's like, you know, the Starbucks around the corner, or like the McDonald's up the street. And, you know, everywhere you turn, there's some sort of food option available to you. Or even if you're in your office, there's the vending machine down the hallway. So it's very easy to get in the habit, although maybe not initially, but eventually it's very easily to get in the habit, just give it a day or two of getting in the mindset of I only eat what I bring in. And then that kind of recreates an environment of healthy options for you. And it is an adjustment period, but then people are almost surprised because they're like, I feel like I'm eating so much, but I'm losing weight. Right. That's but, how I felt, right? Yeah. But, and it also stops hunger from taking the wheel and making decisions for you because usually once that happens, it's any hope that you had of making a healthy decision is either compromised or it's out. So people almost find it strange as they're eating when they're not even hungry. But it really does play a huge role in keeping your metabolism up, and it does result in a weight loss. So that's a surprise to some. Okay. The easiest um, way to get that started and to live that life is to come see you. Mm -hmm. But since we're not seeing you right at this moment, what's some real quick things you can tell uh, tell us? What, what are some healthy snacks that we should, uh, give me three, that we can uh, carry around with us? Because that's probably the big thing. I'm a big almond eater. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but when I do lose weight, I usually have almonds all the time. And I know they're high in fat, they're the good fat and, and all that kind of stuff that I'm sure you mm -hmm. could teach us at another time. But what are three good snacks to keep around? Well, almonds would be a great one. Um, any sort of mixed nuts that you want to do is completely fine, even if you want to throw seeds in there, like sunflower seeds. Um, actually, walnuts are the highest food in omega-3s that there are, so they, those would be good as well. The trick with nuts, though, is portioning. I tell people it's supposed to be about a quarter cup, or it's just covering the surface of the palm of your hand. You know, not stacking it high or counting your fingers or anything. So it's about only, like, 10 walnuts or something like that. So that could easily be a snack in which, honestly, you get all the omega-3s that you need for the day. That, that's what's recommended anyway in just that. So even that small little bit. Uh, you know, can can double as as a snack that you have to bridge the gap in between two meals, and it does give you all the omega threes that you need for the day. But you can also like any piece of whole fruit is completely fine. Um, even some granola bars out there. Some granola bars are kind of sneaky, as in sugar. Yeah, they're yeah. totally marketed as something that's healthy, and they're really not. I really like the kind bars; those are really good, yes, and I've the evolution those. bars are right. really good. So it's about looking at nutrition labels, making sure the sugar isn't too high. I tell people if, if any bar is over 10 grams of sugar, then it's more like a candy bar than anything else. Okay, that's good to know. Then that's something that you probably want to skip. So have some granola bars with yogurt coatings on them. And I yeah. Think the sugars are and high. Some, some of them have chocolate all over it and everything. And like, and I understand, you know, they're trying to sell bars, but they really are more like a candy bar. Okay. So well, that's good to know. So uh, my wife's listening. Throw those bars out. Um, <laughs> what what pa what type of patients do you mostly see? I don't want to call them patients, but people. Uh -huh. um, do you mostly see who comes into your center the most? Yeah, well, you can you can call them patients. I usually That's call true. them patients. Okay. Either one's fine. Um, well, I have a contract with Reproductive Medical Associates of New Jersey, so I would have to say that they make up about a third of the patients that I see. So it's a lot of women who are looking to become pregnant, having difficulty, usually because of some sort of underlying, uh, underlying condition, such as PCOS, which is polycystic ovary disease. So that's the number one endocrine disorder in women right now. People with insulin resistance, which is 
which is a, a lot of women, unfortunately, because that usually goes right along with being overweight or obese, which is two thirds of the country right now. So I do see a lot of those patients and almost it seems like on the flip side of that coin, as in like a whole group that I work with that's completely different is Zufo Medical Center. I see all their HIV AIDS uh, patients, so which is an outpatient setting and they're a nonprofit group. So a lot of these patients don't have insurance. So it's a lot of charity care and, and it's actually a really interesting contrast. But I also see a lot of athletes as well of all different ages, um, adults, adolescents, children. Um, I see a lot of pediatrics as well. A lot of people just find me on their insurance company's website, and they come to me for whatever reason they feel they need to see a dietitian for. So the fact that I take insurance and that is available to people right. keeps it interesting for me because people come to me with all different, and celiac disease has been a big one recently, uh, food and allergies and intolerances, GI issues or uh, questionable GI issues as in they've had the colonoscopy, they've had the endoscopy, they can't find the reason. So it's a big range of people that I see. Okay, that's great to know that you're so uh, local right here in Morristown also. I'm gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood. I'm here today with Marissa Sweeney from Be Well Wellness Center in Morristown, New Jersey. We're talking about nutrition and um, getting healthy and learning so much from her about um, when to eat, what to eat, snacks, um, how to lose weight, how to keep your weight off. Um, and I'm going to go right back into the show because, like I said, I'm so intrigued on all this. Um, I knew a lot, but I'm learning so much about it. Um, I wanted to talk to you about exercise. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming uh, from everything I know is you really have to exercise. Mm -hmm. um, is that true? And if for the people who do not like to exercise, what things could they do to help lose weight? Mm -hmm. um, when I talk to people about how important exercise is when it comes to a lifestyle change, I mean, it's great if you want to get your diet in order, but it's really the whole picture and treating the whole body that you really want to go for. So exercising is definitely going to be important. What's recommended per the USDA right now is just getting an hour a day. And people here just an hour a day, like, you know, they don't have that kind of time. But that could be broken up however you like. And I tell people, you don't have to join a gym and start a crazy rigorous exercise program. Even just an hour of walking a day can do wonders. It can do wonders to speed up weight loss. It could do wonders for health, hormone balance, bringing your insulin levels down. It has a lot of benefits. So, And that could be as simple as, you know, I tell people it's it's little things that go a long way. So park your car in the last spot in the lot when you're running errands. Walk all the way up to the building or take the stairs instead of the elevator or the escalator. These are all things that will work in your favor, absolutely. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Also, a question for you. Is there is there a, a weight that the body actually is comfortable with? I've always wondered that, even with me. I mean, I, I watch what I do, and I always end up around the same I mean, I might go 10 pounds under, 
10 pounds over, but I kind of been hanging out at the same weight for almost my whole life. And um, is there a weight that your body is comfortable with? There is. I've noticed that with a lot of my patients, that there's a particular threshold uh, or a number that's a little bit difficult for them to break or get past. And your body does get comfortable. A lot of it has to do with your metabolism. Everybody's metabolism is so different. And there's some some research on, on metabolism, and it's hard to put a value on everybody's individual metabolism. But I think we're going to learn a lot about that uh, in the future as to what particular kind of diet is going to help people break past where their body is just kind of comfortable and steady at. So, yeah, that, I do find that that's something that people struggle with when they want to see that number come down, but their body's really comfortable with the weight that it's at. So that's always something to address. Okay. And is your body um, better on certain types of diet? I know with me throughout the years that for me, I've stopped red meat for about five years. I feel much, much better. And that's just for me. Um, And also low carbs, although it's impossible to stay. When I eat low carbs or stay away from those greens, Mm -hmm. I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Is everyone's body different? Because then you hear people say, oh, I love carbs. I don't feel good when I eat a lot of protein. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Is it, again, individual? Certain people do better with certain types of diets? Absolutely. It is individual. And a lot of it does depend on the subjective info of how people say they feel when they start something new. So if you were the kind of person that had a lot of carbs coming in, and even if you cut that in half, which might seem like a lot, but you might still be eating a lot of carbs, you are going to feel better because it's it's much less actual carb energy coming in that your body can do without. Or you know, there are some people that eat their meat and potatoes kind of person. And then if they do the vegetarian thing, just kind of cold turkey, they're going to feel a lot better because, or most of the time they usually feel, or they say that they feel a lot better because you're just getting so much less protein, all this excess calories coming from a particular source that you really didn't need. So a lot of it is subjective. I find that with most people eating more of a plant-based diet that is lower in carb. And like I said before, I'm not big on cutting out anything. So people are always surprised when the dietitian tells them they can still have pasta, they can still have rice. It's just more, and all the starches, you know, like bread and everything like that. It's just more of portioning, having things work for you rather than against you, keeping a positive relationship with the things that you eat, um, not feeling guilty about, if you, if you happen to overindulge, you know, once in a blue moon, you know, because nobody's perfect. But, it's. It, I think it's really the portioning that goes a long way with things. So, yeah. and and everybody's going to be different. So that's the tough one. I feel guilty. I eat something. I jump on the bike and try to burn it off. Yeah. Right away. <laughs> I don't know if it works or not. Um, running on a little, kind of in the same uh, um, vein of what we're talking about. But I want to touch um, on children. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, two teenagers, and um, thankfully they they do well with their weight and they look great. But I do see. Um, uh, on the football fields, I see in the schools um, a lot of childhood obesity. Mm-hmm. And it's concerning to me. Um, and it seems to me more and more children are heavier and heavier. And I don't know if it's epidemic, but um, being a nutritional uh, I shouldn't say counselor, a dietitian, a registered dietitian, what do we do with our children? Um, how do the, the parents listening get their kids on a, a good eating regime and getting off these pre-made things and the snacks? And I see them, the fast foods. What what do you suggest when you do children also at your uh, center there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and childhood obesity is absolutely an epidemic. Two-thirds of kids nowadays are you're either overweight or obese, which is higher than it's ever been. And unfortunately, that number is not really coming down any. So um, when, when kids come into my office, especially if they happen to be anywhere under or with the age 16 and under – 
I think the parents are surprised to hear that it has to be a whole family lifestyle change rather than just what the child does. Um, and it's unfortunate because sometimes these kids, and like I said, we haven't seen any of this in, until recent years, kids, teenagers, and, and even before that are coming in with high cholesterol levels and risk factors for heart disease and things that you think a kid shouldn't have to worry about. And, and they have to because of, and it's all linked to their weight. So I tell families that it doesn't have to be necessarily a change that they make alone because then they feel kind of singled out and maybe they're watching, you know, mom and dad drink the soda and put away cookies while, you know, they're sitting there with their salad. So instead of having them be the person that's singled out, I always say you're the best ad for your children. It's really, and especially if you're 16 and under, most likely you're not the person that's bringing the food into the house. So if you're the parent, if you're the person that's preparing food, buying food, bringing it into the house, it's about if you have healthy food in your house, your kid will eat healthy. So it really starts there. It starts with what you buy. It starts in the supermarket, what you're bringing into your house, what you're preparing for your kids. And you are your best dad for your children. So if you are eating healthy and your kids grow up seeing that that's something that you value, that's something that indeed they will grow up to value as well. Okay, that's great. Um, we actually have a call. Oh, cool. um, we have Jonathan from Dover. Uh, hello, Jonathan. This is Tom from Answers Live. Hi, how you doing? Good. I hear you have a question for Marissa on uh, labeling. Yeah, I'm wondering about like low fat and low salt and reduced fat and recommended daily allowances and things like that. Maybe just uh, any tips on how to better read those or what what those labels really mean. Uh, well, I mean, I well, yeah, that's kind of a fully loaded question, but I think labels are designed to completely confuse everybody. Unfortunately, there's percents on there that apply to absolutely nobody. A lot of it is based on a 2000 calorie diet, which really doesn't apply to too many people specifically. Um, if you're looking for low fat, it's going to be three grams and under. That's essentially what the definition is. And that allows the FDA to give them the ability to put on the labels that, or put on a food product that is, it is indeed low fat. Um, the salt recommendation or the sodium recommendation, I should say, I, uh, just lowered recently. They just changed the recommendation to 1,500 milligrams a day, which personally I think is a bit low, but it does kind of push people in the direction of having to eat more fresh things rather than more processed things because that's where you're going to get all your sodium from. So... Um, the most important thing to look for at the label is the actual serving size, because that's going to tell you what it is that you're eating and then everything on that, it, as in per the portion, and then everything on that label is going to represent that one particular thing. And if you happen to go over on portion size, then you also have to, you have to increase those numbers as well, because it's really just focused on the one particular thing. So label reading is tricky, and that can really be like a whole conversation in itself. Right. Um, but in regards to, you know, if you're in the store, should I go for the low-fat thing? Should I go for the low-sodium thing or the low-sugar thing or even the sugar-free or the fat-free? You know, there's so many varieties of everything now. Um, I usually tell people to just go for the actual real thing in, in its most whole state that it can possibly be. Because if you were to take something like a fat-free ice cream, uh, chances are the sugar content is so astronomically high and vice versa too. If you were to take an ice cream that was sugar-free, the fat content is going to be so astronomically high. They have to make up for a lot of flavor lost somehow. So yeah, label reading, that that, that could be a whole conversation in itself. Right. How, yeah, Jonathan, thank you. That, that answer your question? Yeah, pretty much. And thanks for doing the show. This is really interesting stuff. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for calling. All right. Have a great day. You too. That was an interesting question, actually. Um, I've always thought of that, too, and I, a lot of it's more me being a marketing guy myself. Um, 
that is marketing most of that kind of stuff. Low fat. You see the word low fat and people just buy it and then they eat three of them. Oh, absolutely. And, and the, what is your suggestion, um, since that was a great question, when eating normal, like uh, I'm on a lot of sugar substitutes and my wife always says, just eat the sugar. Um, and I think there's a lot of, uh, that's right, really, because you're just playing around. Just eat low portions of good things. That's exactly what it is. It, it really all is about portioning. And a lot of people don't know what portions are anymore because nothing's bought in portion sizes or the correct portion sizes anyway. Nothing is ever served, absolutely. Like if you go to a restaurant or something like that in portion sizes. So a lot of the nutrition counseling sessions that I do with people, there's always a focus on learning or relearning in some cases what portion sizes are. And then in that case, like, like to go back to the ice cream example, Really, the portion size for ice cream is only supposed to be a half a cup. So when you think about that, like if you were to make a fist, it's about half of that. So I always use use that as a nice little visual because people aren't walking around measuring cups all the time. Right. So the thing is, people usually don't stick with that, especially if you get ice cream out anywhere or these frozen yogurt places, which are all over the place now. I mean, it, they give you like the huge cups yes. because everything's like per weight I'm and guilty everything. guilty of that. I am. Yeah. Well, they're all the rage now. And it's they're like five fists, not one fist. Yeah, that's exactly. It's it's very hard or it's very rare that people actually stay within the portion size. So instead of doing a huge mound of sugar-free ice cream in which the calories are still maybe in a thousand somewhere, actually get a portion size of the real stuff that is less processed and going to do you much less harm. So the fist is our guide and portion control. Yeah, if you make a fist, that's approximately the volume of one cup. I so. wish I had a bigger fist right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good to know. Um, we're getting closer to the end of the show here, but I want to touch a little bit uh, again on, on advice for parents listening for their children to get them eating healthy. It's really about a full family effort, as in if you start preparing meals that are healthier, and it could be something as simple as, you know, if you're making chicken, something as simple as that for dinner that, that night, there's the four Bs, baked, broiled, boiled, or barbecued. Cooking method goes a long way with that, so you can simply do something was like that, again? that. It's baked, broiled, boiled, or barbecued, okay. or grilled, essentially. So, And something as simple as that, like if you were to take that same piece of chicken and fry it, there's now maybe almost 1,000 calories in there. So it's the small things that'll make the big differences. There's also, if you go on the USDA's website, um, they are following what's called the plate method now, which I think is pretty effective. Um, I'm sure maybe everybody remembers the pyramid back in school. The pyramid's right, out now. Exactly. They're kind of done with the pyramid. And they've adopted the plate. And I like the plate better because I think it puts together things for people. As in, like, it puts together the pieces of the puzzle for people rather than the pyramid is just like, well, you should get this amount of servings and that amount of servings. And people just don't know how to put that all together and implement it properly. So it's really supposed to be at every meal, half of what you eat is supposed to be either fruits or vegetables, more vegetables. And then about a quarter of it is supposed to be your starch or you can do about that fist size and then about a quarter of it is supposed to be your protein cooked in an, in one of those four b's ways so and the protein is supposed to be about three ounces another way that you can kind of judge the portion size is about the size of your palm and the thickness too so that's approximately three ounces but it's also proportional to who you are so if you're a bigger person of course you can have a bigger piece of of the protein whatever that is chicken fish beef whatever okay so that's just a basic basic guideline and if you go on the usda's website they have a really good visual of that okay that's the plate 
plate, I guess it's called a plate method. Or yeah, plate. it's called the plate method. I want to say the website is just theplate.gov. Okay. Um, well, Marissa, again, thank you so much for coming on. This has really been an interesting show. I'm probably going to get some calls to bring you back. Oh, um, wonderful. Because we thank really you. didn't touch on a, a lot of things I wanted to discuss, and um, I think it's a hot topic out there. Again, my guest today was Marissa Sweeney. You can learn more. I'm going to go on her website myself because I want to get some more information. Is bewellmorristown.com. She's located on 7 Washington Street um, in Morristown Suite 3, and the number there is 973-975. 0280. Again, um, the website for Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists is ansdocs.com. So if you're suffering from that backache or back pain or another neurological disorder, um, go on the website and read about us. We can definitely help you out. Again, I'm Tom Wood. Thank you for listening to Answers Live, and I'll talk to you all again next Sunday. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decision.